The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Remember on last week's episode where I said I might have a buddy in town but didn't want to get your hopes up in case there was that snowstorm? Well, you showed up. So uh, this week's show is going to be an interview with Ed Chavaria. Ed is someone I've known for quite a while through the industry. Um, We never really get much of an opportunity to kind of like sit down and catch up. So it was really cool. He just kind of came up, checked out my shop, and then just stayed stayed at my place for the night. And we just talked about piercing forever. Uh, Saturday night, we talked about piercing until like three in the morning. Uh, then we woke up the next morning and we kept talking. And then, uh, at one point we were like, Hey, you know what? Let's record a podcast episode. So we, um, you know, we have our normal chit chat kind of talk, you know, talking about the industry, but I'm going to try to start steering the show into kind of talking about subject matter. Um, I know the interviews are really cool and some of the interviews will, will kind of stay that way. It'll just be about the, the person I'm talking to. But I also want to kind of start talking about um, topics and, and subjects and things that are like relevant to what's going on in the piercing industry right now. So one thing that we talk about is uh, different piercings that we just don't offer and, and why it is that we don't offer them. So that was just kind of something we, we started talking about at the shop, you know. He was like, hey, do you do this? And I was like, no, I don't really do that because of this. You know, do you do this? And he's like, nope, I don't really do this. So um, that just kind of turned into this week's podcast episode. So it's pretty cool uh, talking about our motivations, but also talking about how um, we make those decisions because we've done enough of those piercings to realize that it's something we don't want to offer anymore. Uh, We also talk about the importance of experimentation and, you know, learning the ins and outs of a piercing before you, you really like make up your mind on it. Uh, other things we talk about, um, we talk about physical portfolios and how that they're kind of like going the way of the dodo. Like not a lot of people have portfolios that aren't on Instagram or in in some sort of digital media. And, uh, you know, we talk about driving home the, the fact that you really do still want to have something physical. You can use the same content, but, you know, you want to have a, a printed book somewhere that people can actually kind of flip through, whether you're on a, a guest spot or, or whether you have it in your own studio. You know, physical portfolios are important. So uh, let's not waste a lot of time. Let's just kind of jump right into the, the interview with Ed, and I'll be back after that. All right. So uh, I'm Eduardo Chavarria. Generally, I'm a man with one name and just like to go by Ed or Eduardo. Um, I started piercing in, um, well, my piercing experience started in, uh, as far as a practitioner. You worked a piercing experience? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I really wanted to for a long time. Yeah. Um, when I first started, uh, learning about freehanding and stuff, like I was lucky enough to meet Brian Skelly, like before I even started piercing. So before I started piercing, I knew what freehand was and all that. That's cool. Um, but I started officially January 4th of, uh, 2001. So this is now, as of a couple of days ago, my 17th year officially piercing. That's awesome. 18th year. And you still like it. I fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely have gone through periods where I thought I didn't, you know, and piercer burnout is a real thing. Yeah. And, uh, um, but yeah, man, I can't, I can't think of doing anything else really as far as like 
putting my name behind something or, or even like being proud of what I do. Yeah. You know? Um, so you're actually like in my, in my home when we record this because you're doing a guest spot in Worcester, Massachusetts, which is like right. an hour south of me or southwest of me. Just, yep. Yep. At uh, Piercing Emporium. Mm-hmm. Uh, great shop. They happen to be hiring right now. If, uh, I'm just going to do a little plug for Mark here cause totally. he's a nice guy, you know, and, uh, he's, he's done me right since I've been there. So, uh, you know, if you're if you're a piercer looking for a job, piercing emporium, man, give them give them a give them a shout. Send a portfolio. Too. Yeah. Be proud of your work. <laughs> Have a portfolio that's not just on social media. Right. The other thing that not a lot of people think about is, uh, I got a great Christmas present one year, and it was just every goofy picture of my dog that was on Instagram. And you can just go to a website and you can click, 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 and you can print it into a book. Like, really, really easy. You'll have it in a week. So, like, if you if you are one of those piercers who your only portfolio is just on your cell phone or on Instagram, um, print some physical books. Put them in your lobby. Let customers see that stuff. Because if you're not standing in your lobby all day holding your cell phone up, people aren't going to see your work and they aren't going to know what you can put out. Just have one because you're a professional, because you're proud of what you do, you know? Like, as someone that has had to hire people at shops... It's really disappointing when I say, hey, can I see your work? And you're like, oh, I don't have a portfolio. Yeah. Or, oh, go to my Instagram page. But right. I can't see dicks and vaginas on your Instagram page. Sadly I can't no. see that yeah. you are solid at everything other than just ear stuff. You know You so. know what I got yesterday, which is actually really cool? I had uh, this, this couple come in, and they, they both got their PAs. And I thought it was just super nice. That they were like, you know, we, we both want to get our dicks pierced, but we don't want to have to go through it alone. So we're both going to do it together. And I was like, okay, that's that's commitment right there. But uh, they found me because like two or three years ago, I, I made like a, an edited video of me doing a PA and I put it on YouTube. And for whatever reason, it didn't get taken down. Because uh, uh, I had like a disclaimer on the front of it, you know, you're about to see a professionally performed genital piercing or whatever. But it's great that that actually paid off dividends for me, you know, and that's something that I put out there is like social media. But... Same thing with uh, portfolios. I was actually thinking about my portfolio. I've only got one picture on the last page of a nipple piercing. And like compared to how many I do, it's insane. But I've got like 15 pages worth of like faux rooks and like, you know, (laughs) triple conch piercings and stuff like that. And it's like totally not representative of my day-to-day piercing. I think it's a little different now, you know, like we both have been doing this a long time and there was a time and day where you definitely had to have those pictures. Totally. You know, like <clears throat> even if people were coming to you specifically because they knew you were good at it, they still wanted to see that you had done it. Right. Right. And it's, t- it's tough in a generation now where somebody comes in and like, they ask you a question like, you know, Oh, do you have experience with a VCH? And you, 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 you don't want to yeah. give them that. Like, <laughs> are you serious? Like, you know, but, but I, I don't have, you know, I could, I could scour, probably my computer and find some from a few years ago but like i have totally gotten into a trend of like i i only take pictures for instagram really at this point i don't even take them with a real camera which i used to totally give my tattooers all kinds of shit about like you can't just take pictures with your cell phone forever and now i'm i'm doing that because i'm lazy now you know and it's like i don't have really any of the genital piercings or nipple piercings that i've done in probably the last three years i don't have them documented for people to see you know i try to at least get a couple a year of something like that. Yeah. Especially if I'm doing something that I had fun doing, you know, like something large gauge or something unique anatomy style. Yeah. I'll totally Um, get it. If it's like a, a piercing that, you know, in all likelihood, I probably won't do another one for six months. Like I did an Apodrivia like a week or two ago and I totally got a picture of that, but like, that's probably the only genital piercing picture I've taken in a year at least. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I, I used to be really bad about the portfolio, which is funny because I'm totally on here going, have a fucking portfolio. Right. Um, and, and, you know, it, it was really working at a shop that required me to have an online portfolio that had to be updated monthly that really got me into the routine. Yeah. Um, which shop was that? Infinite. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So when you look at Infinite's website and you're looking at the Pearson portfolios, know that you're looking at work that they've been recently doing, you know, because it's required that you put up X amount of pictures on the shop. Uh, That's cool. Portfolio monthly. Yeah, because my, my website, if you go to my website, uh, it's all pictures from stuff I did a couple of years ago. It's it's probably nothing even for, that, I, that I've taken with my cell phone, thankfully, because, you know, the quality is not going to be awesome on a website. But it's all like... You know, my, my style of piercing from three or four years ago. I think there's something to be said about the quality of cameras on phones now. You know, I yeah. think that unless you're really going to blow that picture up into a poster or something. Right. Yeah. They're for, good for enough most things. At this point. Yeah. For most things, you know, if you have that on your phone, that's, that's, you're at least better than not having it at all. Yeah. Um, so that's me being an old man and bitching about young kids not liking portfolios. It is important to put that out there, though, because, you know, you or I, we, we still have portfolio stuff even if it's old portfolio stuff you know you still have it but you know if, if people look back 10 years from now and they've been like oh i've been in the game for 10 or 12 years and it's like okay well you know you want to have that nostalgia moment where you can have books or something like that and it's like nope you know i can scroll through an instagram page for an hour and a half um but but that's it if that's the only portfolio and the only representation you have i think you're probably missing out on something yeah something physical is really nice mm-hmm Gosh, yeah, I remember having to take pictures and go to the Walgreens to have them printed and stuff. Uh, I remember that too. I remember I used to I used to have a, a drawer full of disposable cameras because I couldn't afford a real camera, and I used to I used to take them with these little shitty like Kodak things, and I'd take them to CVS and, and get you them had to know the person working behind the counter yeah. so they wouldn't like black out the genital right, pictures. all the genital and nipple piercings, and it's like okay, well I'm either like a serial killer or like a weird molester with all these pictures that I'm having you print out for me. Um, so. One thing we were talking about last night is, uh, and it's something that I've never thought about for having on the podcast before. You asked me like what piercings I, I don't do and why, and it was it was weird that that hasn't come up yet because it's like there's, there, I wouldn't say there are so many, but there are definitely a handful of piercings where it's like I know that other piercers are doing them. Uh, they're getting mixed, but you know, I'd say viable results. Uh, and you know, I, I don't, I don't offer them anymore. And you know, there are some that, that you, that you have that you don't offer anymore too. So I figured that would be a good subject to kind of talk about a little bit. For sure. What are, what are some of yours? Um, so I absolutely don't do any kind of oral frenulum piercing. So no smiley, no under the tongue web, no frowny or whatever the fuck that shit's called. Um, you know, and it's, it's really, I've done them. I've been piercing, you know, 17 years now. I've, yep. I've done my handful of all these piercings. Um, one, I was never pleased with my result. Um, two, I think that with technique and everything, man, your hand shape has so much to do with it. And I've preached that at class where, like, you can see someone do this really cool technique, but if you don't have the right hand shape, you're probably not going to be able to do it. Yeah. So for me, I feel like every time I've done one of those piercings, I have unnecessarily hurt someone way more than, than they because your hands are it. too big too yeah, small yeah I got these little fucking stubby sausage fingers here yeah, and, uh, yeah. so you're kind of so like getting into to... these tight spaces I, you right. know, and, and not that like oh this really soft tissue needs like this extra push or anything mm. but you know I'm not comfortable doing it so I'm causing extra discomfort on somebody right. because I'm not it's not even a lack of confidence at that point I'm just not happy doing it because I don't want to so I'm not at that point providing the best job or experience you know so there's totally. no point in me doing it 
especially when historically I've worked at shops where there's another piercer on staff that potentially does. And I have no problem. Yeah, little delicate bird fingers. Yeah. You yeah. know, I have no problem saying like, hey, I won't do that, but my coworker X will. And, yeah. And, and you're going to have a much better experience with them. Similar with, uh, I hate doth hearts. I, I hate piercing. I'm right them. there with you. At I, this point, though, uh, I think I've, the thing that makes them a little bit less infuriating for me is I, I'll take ring openers and I'll open up the loop on the top a little bit so it's like it's a little bit of a softer yeah. heart shape but it's so much easier to put it in because if they have those tight loops you're essentially trying to pierce one with like a 5 16 diameter ring yeah and it's like come on really yeah well and you know i've seen them twist around and yep. like it's i've seen more just bad luck with starting with that particular shape of jewelry than anything else that know? is another like what we were talking about yesterday that is definitely a style that i only carry in gold because yeah. and i only carry like two of them yeah so it's like if you want uh if you want a heart there i can totally do it but i want a very soft material that i can bend very easily that i'm probably going to make a little bit more money off of uh and it i you know i, I try to have uh, so many other styles that they they won't look at the hearts, you know, yeah. because the hearts were like my my number one for that piercing for a long time, and I never liked it, and it killed my fingers, and like it was, you know, I it it, it was in there and it healed, but it wasn't easy putting it in there for you, uh, so I, I I just love other styles now. Yeah. Um, I don't do any kind of horizontal tongue piercing. Yeah, that's smart. Um, I don't really have a strong opinion at this point because a lot of other than the fact that it's going to mess up your teeth, but yeah. You know, I've seen enough of them healed that I know that it will heal. I just, I'm not going to do it. You know, I don't feel good about it. Yeah. Same with the smileys and other yeah. stuff. I'm just, I'm not going to be the one to provide you the best experience for it. I don't think anybody should be, but hey, people are doing it. I've never it. actually seen one healed. I, yeah. I know that they're out there in the world somewhere, you know, but I, I think unless you're in a, a city with a really high population, you're not going to get one of those, like, you know, random odds of, of seeing one of those, you know, in a city that's as small as mine, like the, what are the odds that I'm going to see one of those? And even like talking to other piercers, a lot of them are kind of like that too. So it, it makes them a lot easier to say, no, I don't want to offer this because like, it's not a very popular piercing anyway. There was a, there was a time where people yeah. were asking for them and I was like, no, thanks. Yeah. I'm glad that slowed down. And Me I too. guess I'm using the word healed loosely. You right. Know, Cause right. It's healed. Yeah. Um, I definitely have seen them up to a couple years old. You know, um, but not much past that. So, yeah. you know, maybe I'm just talking shit at this point. I, for me, it's always like urban legend stuff. It's like, oh, my friend has one and they've had it for five years. And it's like, well, sure, but your friend's not here and I don't believe you. So whatever. Uh, I've talked to a couple other piercers and a lot of them were like, you know, I tried to get mine and I had it for two days and I had to take it out because it was miserable. So it's like until I see one with my own eyes and they've been like, I've had it for five years and you don't hear me like clicking when I talk, you know, against my teeth and like my teeth aren't shattered by it. Like I'm, I, I don't buy into it. You know, it's funny that you use some of that as an example. Cause I'll take that into my, my segue into saying that if I had it my way, I wouldn't do another tongue piercing period, really critical or anything. Yeah. Um, you know, like I had my tongue pierced for well over a decade and I really never knew how uncomfortable it was till I took it out for a long period of time and then put it back in. And I was like, how the fuck you did know I what? have this in I there think, for years? I think I'm right there with you because I, <laughs> I feel like uh, piercers, especially piercers who have been doing it for a while, they've had their, I had a big tongue piercing phase. <laughs> and like I had mine stretch up to double zero at one oh, point. <laughs> and it was the goofiest thing. And then I took it out for a while and then I went to, it was still open and I, I dropped in like an eight gauge barbell and I was like, I can't, I can't stand it over the fail about. <laughs> so I had to take it out and it's like, I, when people come in now and they say, I want my tongue pierced, I still kind of have that thought in the back of my mind of like, really? You want your tongue pierced? All right, sure. <laughs> but not eat for a week? What? Yeah. What's this? 
What? Why? So that, I mean, I still totally offer that one. I'm really happy with my technique and the service that I offer for it, but I've narrowed it down to like, I will only pierce you under these specific circumstances, you know, this placement, this jewelry size, you know, I don't deviate, no off center. I don't do close to the tip. I, I don't like to do multiples unless people have a very large tongue. Uh, all these different things, you know, and if they're not into that, you know, we have the con the consultation and I say, you know, if you, if you don't think that that's the kind of tongue piercing you want, I don't think I'm going to be able to help you. Uh, but you can maybe go talk to another person, but like, this is my version of a tongue piercing and that's, that's all I'll offer if that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. If and when I have it my way, that's probably something I will cut or put on my list of the few things I don't do. I don't think you're going <laughs> to lose a lot of business that way because, you know, Aaron Foster, same way. He wouldn't do tongue piercings. He just wasn't comfortable with them. And I think he only had to say no, like twice yeah. ever. It's like, what's the likelihood? I mean, I'm sure there are some pockets of the country or, or wherever that tongue piercings are still like the hotness, but it's, it's not here. So it's like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since I've done them regularly and that's probably me shooting myself in the foot right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, how much would you was... hate it if next year's big trend was tongue piercings came back oh, in a big way? God. Oh yeah. I'd hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be pretty unhappy. Yeah. But, you know, I'd probably do it. <laughs> it, it, it cures insomnia. Though. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It cures uh, hunger. Well, so uh, tongue piercings are one for you, uh, but not for me. What do you What do you think about cheek piercings? Um, I think that for the amount of work that goes into it, I'd rather not do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're really a pain in the ass to line up. And it's one of those where I have done multiple sets and in the whatever 10 million years that I've been doing this, I've seen one or two people that have actually gone through the long haul and kept them. So yeah, I think that people just will compare it to a piercing that they, whatever other piercing that they're like, oh, well, I didn't have to do anything and that was easy, you know? And right. So like they, they think it's like a lip piercing or an ear piercing or something yeah. like that. And it's like, oh, whatever. And they don't understand that it's like, no, 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 a cheek no. is like its own thing. <laughs> Three months in, it might just get really pissed off at you for no reason. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I... I at this point, haven't 100% given up on doing them, but you definitely have to convince me to do it. Right. Um, you're definitely not going to walk in and ask for them and walk out in the same day with cheap piercings. Yeah, I so I I don't offer them currently. Uh, I've I've done you know some over the over the years, but I, I've never been like the cheek piercing guy. Uh, my the last set of cheeks that I did went so poorly that I was just like, yeah, I can't, I can't offer this anymore and, and, and feel good about it because not everybody's going to have a problem, but when they do have a problem, it's a significant it sucks. problem. So like my last set of cheek piercings was someone that had a really significant problem. You know, she was somebody that wore a lot of makeup and, you know, through the consultation, I was like, it's really important that you keep makeup and chemicals off of this. And then slowly over time, her makeup got a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer to the point where it was just she was she was using it to cover up the the irritation <clears throat> redness on the piercings that got in there, uh, and, and all of a sudden her piercings got really angry and crazy swollen when she was out of town. I had to send her to a trusted studio, and they were like, we had to put in this crazy, crazy long bar and all this discharge came out and all this and that, and I was just like, you know what, no. For like, you know, I get one or two inquiries a year maybe for cheeks, and it's like it's it's. I'm not doing a disservice by turning it down. If there's somebody out there that has like a, a great track record with cheeks, you know, awesome, go go to them. But I don't feel like I want to take that gamble anymore. I mean, it is a big enough gamble that it's something that I don't do on guest spots. Yeah, you know, I don't. Matter of fact, as far as guest work goes, 
if it's something that's going to potentially come back with a lot of maintenance, it's, I don't do it. Yeah. You know, I don't like to do triangles on guest spots. I don't like to do cheeks on guest spots. I don't that like to sense. do anything that's large gauge by whatever mean, you know, of getting to that large gauge. It's just, you know, if, if you might potentially have to come back and see me several times for it, but I'm only at your shop for a week and a half or yeah. two weeks, like... I'm not going to do that to you, you because know? you want to be able to be there for them when they have the inevitable. You need to tweak. You need yeah. to check up. You need yeah. this and that. And you know, I just you know most most places I'm lucky lucky enough to go to are busy, and I'm not trying to create extra work for people that are already doing a lot of work. Yeah, I haven't done uh, nearly the the same amount of guest spots as you have, but you know, for pinpoint is really my my place where that's really the only place that I I go to and do guest spots occasionally. And it's the same thing, you know, especially because everything is by appointment only there. If I look on the, the appointment book and I'm like, I don't really feel like I should be doing that as a guest artist. Let me swap for your nostril and then you can do this, whatever. Um, because I, I don't feel like I should be the one doing it if I'm not going to be here in a month when they might need to come back for a downsizer for a whatever. You know, if it's if it's a <coughs> simple thing, you know, no problem. But, you know, like a cheek. A couple different things, you know. Um, I, I totally get what you mean for that. I mean, not that it's a thing anymore, but like I wouldn't want to do zero gauge conches on someone on a guest spot. Totally, you know, like I wouldn't want to do those in general <laughs> at this point. I still feel obligated sometimes by be, by being part of that old like B and E generation of like I need to be able to facilitate some of the crazy stuff that people might ask for, and I feel obligated as part of that generation. But when people come in and they ask me for some like intense thing. I'm just kind of like, I don't really want to do that. Like, I know that there's no one else you can go to uh, unless you want to, like, drive four hours or fly somewhere or whatever. But, like, a good example, a couple, maybe a year or two ago, somebody wanted, like, punched big nostrils. And I was like, you really want to think that over because there's really not an easy way to come back from that. Uh, you know, if you want to do it, I'll do it, but you gotta have, you have to come back in two weeks. You know, I'm not doing it today. Like, you know, even if you had to drive an hour or two to get here, I'm not doing it today. Let's talk about jewelry and all and aftercare and stuff, but I'm not piercing you. And, uh, you know, other stuff, like there was a point where I would do scalpeled librettes and, and stuff like that. And now it's just like, nope, like I'll do, uh, an 1816 or 14 gauge piercing on you, but I'm not cutting your lip open and putting in some half inch wide piece of glass. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean like some, some stuff I've, I've evolved in the, the way that I offer it. Uh, tongue piercings are a really good example. Um, wh what do you think about surface anchors? Cause those have changed a lot for me over the years. Oh God. You know, I, uh, I have such mixed emotions about them. I, I remember when they were kind of newish, when I remember when people were bending nostril screws to do it. I totally. remember when, uh, you know, the the first generation one came out by a company that doesn't even exist anymore. Are you um, talking custom steel? I am. Yeah. I am. You know, I keep forgetting that this is your podcast and not a a podcast of somebody else and I can actually use company names and people's right. names and shit. Right. So Well, yeah, I, I think steel. Pat Pat doesn't get enough credit for all the, the innovation that he's made. No, Pat doesn't get any credit because most of these people don't even know who he is anymore. Right. You know, it's almost like saying good art and people try to talk about Josh. People are like, totally. who the fuck's Josh? Yeah. You know, and... Uh, yeah, I think that there was definitely a time and place where that was a fun idea, an experiment. I've definitely had certain locations work out long-term more than other locations. But at the end of the day, if I never had to do another anchor anymore, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of piercers are, are kind of moving in that direction now. Um, I'll, I'll still offer anchors, but it's... You know, I'll, I'll put them on, like, the high cheek teardrop kind of location. 
Uh, I'll put them on the hips, but not really the hips. It's more like on the stomach. Like, I don't yeah. want to put them close to the, the waistline. Pant line, yeah. Same thing with, like, the lower back. Uh, you know, not a lot of people have back dimples to begin with, uh, especially in America. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll put them in that kind of place maybe a little bit higher. And then maybe I'll do... Uh, Maybe one or two other things, you know, maybe around the face or something, but I, I won't put them anywhere on the sternum anymore. I won't put them anywhere in, like, the clavicle region anymore. Uh, I won't put them anywhere in, like, the front of the neck Madison area anymore. I won't put them on the nape anymore. Uh, all those things that I used to do pretty pretty frequently when I was offering them, and now it's just like, nope, not into it. Yeah. You know, it's important to, to know when to say no. I think that a lot of people don't know how to exercise that right appropriately. Not at all. Um, and I think some people won't say it because... They get caught up in the uh, the whole, I'm trying to be this cool kid and I want to be recognized and I, I want to have this other picture up so people can see that I'm actually doing yeah. these things. Or... Do you feel like it's a generational thing or do you feel like it's a an experience, like they don't know who they are as a, as a professional yet? Uh, you know, the old person in me wants to say it's a generational thing, but I think we were all that way in the beginning. Totally, I know I you was. Know, I, think, yeah. I think that at some point we all did stuff that you know, we either didn't know how to do or knew better than to do or whatever just because... You know, we were trying to get better at our craft and we wanted to get some kind of recognition. So, you know, I'm definitely not going to try to hate on what some of these new kids are doing because a lot of my like head shaking at this point is because I have the experience. Yeah. You know, and I've done that and I've already figured out that it didn't work and why it didn't work. And totally. Um, There's you know, definitely like a layer of hypocrisy when somebody like you or I says like, you know, oh, yeah, I'm. I'm I don't, I don't offer this anymore because it's like, we totally did, yeah. you know, but it's like, we, we have, that's, that's kind of another thing we were mentioning yesterday is like, if people come into the industry now and they want to say something like, well, I don't offer tongue piercings or I won't do a septum piercing. And it's like, but you're a professional body piercer. Um, it's a, it's a big difference when you can be someone who's done a thousand, 10,000 of a piercing and then decided this piercing is too problematic for me to continue offering it and to stop. Then for someone to say like, you know, I've never done a tongue piercing. I haven't like mastered and, re and learned how to offer a correct tongue piercing. So I'm just not going to offer them at all. I've heard people, people say that about septums and all kinds of other stuff, just because there's maybe a layer of, maybe a layer of intimidation combined with the, the, the fact that certain people just don't ask for certain piercings that used to be really common anymore. So it's like, yeah. How many times have newer piercers done a labret piercing? You know, how many times have they done a tongue piercing? How many times have they done an eyebrow piercing? It's probably not much. <laughs> yeah. You know? But yeah, somebody I mean, like you or me, I've done a whole bunch. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely got lucky to get into piercing when it was beginning to explode. Yeah. You know, and, and like it's, yeah, I, I definitely can say that there's not a piercing that I haven't done or at least one that I haven't seen done properly. Yep. Um, there's definitely piercings I just won't do because I just have never done one, you know? I, yeah. I've seen clitoris piercings be done by multiple people. Uh, as far as my own guideline for that goes, I've never had anybody with a large enough clitoris come in and be like, Ed, pierce my clitoris. Yeah. It's always been like, I want this. And I'm like, too small. Mm. Sorry. Um, you can talk to this person yeah. if you feel like you really want a second opinion. I have a weird position with that one because, you know, I, I consider myself to be pretty well experienced in certain stuff, genital stuff included. And if people came to me and they said, I want a Princess Albertina or a, a, a clitoral piercing or, or different different stuff like that, even like a, like a for, do you say Fourchette or Fourchette? Fourchette. Fourchette. So I've never done one. I've never witnessed someone do one. I've never seen one with my own eyes. I've only seen pictures. If someone came in and asked for those piercings, 
some of them, like a foreset, you know, like I would imagine I, I'm qualified to do that, but other ones like how am I at 20 years in ever going to get that experience level of like, I feel qualified to do a Princess Albertina, even though no one has ever asked me for one. So like, that's a really good example. Like my first triangle was crazy intimidating because there are these people out there that have made like whole careers on piercing triangles and being able to offer stuff like that. And it's, you know, while I've done a lot of hood piercings, but I've never done a triangle. So that first one is like, man, I've got 10 years of experience, but I don't even, I feel terrified to do this. So <laughs> I can get the layer of intimidation, but you know, I, I think it's also kind of our, almost our responsibility as a professional to at least be open to, am I capable of learning this? You know, am I, am I qualified for this? And at least have that discussion with yourself instead of just the blanket, like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, a very wise old school practitioner gave me a piece of advice that was not about piercing, but it applies to piercing. And you got to try things nine or 10 times before you really know if you like it or not, because yep. you might be doing it wrong the first seven or eight times. Yeah. That's hard advice to give someone in the era <laughs> where, where people are also like, you need sterile gloves for everything you need, you know, this and that for everything uh, to, to tell them like, you know, you need to do a good job right away when I know my first hundred navels <laughs> were probably garbage. You know, my yeah. first, my, like my first, uh, my whole first year of piercing alone was probably garbage. Right. You know, you know? Like... so it's like, I, I know what I know now because of learning from my mistakes. And that's, that's an important part. And, you know, and sometimes doing a piercing that you're maybe shouldn't be doing for whatever various reason, viability or, or anatomy or whatever, uh, I can see that that's valuable as a learning experience, but I think you also need to have that professional mentality of like, this is a hard no. This yeah. isn't a maybe. This is a hard no. And then this, maybe, maybe I can give it a try. Yeah, well, and along what you're saying, and this is kind of changing the subject a little bit, you know, as as a young practitioner, you look up to these folks and you think, oh my God, they're, there's, they're this like amazing person and like they pierce awesome and, you know, they've been doing this so long and they don't make mistakes. And I don't think that anybody ever stops making mistakes i think that you just learn how to see them before they happen yeah. or how to correct them as they're happening yep you know like oh i went a little too deep let me back out before i exit because totally. i see where this is not going to hit my dot yeah or you know oh this was off a little bit so i'm going to redirect this fistula a little bit before you know like there's lots of things that you just learn from experience you know and it's not that you become this flawless practitioner, you just become a more realistic practitioner. Yeah. I mean, especially someone like you who's been in crazy high volume studios, being able to have that repetition of going into work and, and maybe not literally, but something along the lines of like, I know I'm going to do 20 nostrils today. So if I want to refine a technique or try a new technique, like this is the perfect environment to do it because you can see, you know, that, that change and that those increments and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, something like, a triangle piercing in this day and age, you know, if you're only getting asked to do one a year, how good are you realistically going to be able to get, you know? And if you want to be good at them, more power to you, but you should be getting out into the world, watching people do them, talking to people who do a lot of them and learning. You shouldn't just be trying to like wing it with that one person that asks every year until you get it right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that's different too. Like our generation of piercers, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have... A lot of things yeah. that, that, that you know what I we did? don't have free. I just winged it until I got it right. <laughs> you know, and what I did was when I finally became to a point of like, oh my god, body piercing can pay my bills. Yeah, is I didn't buy stuff. I didn't 
do fancy things. I went and watched people pierce. I went and flew to California and watched Pat Tidwell pierce when he was working at uh, Brian Belt Shop, whose name I can't, the shop name I can't remember. Uh, you know, I was in Austin and I got to watch Ron Garza pierce. Like, Did that melt your brain a little bit? Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, it, but it was cool because like I had already met these people before I was like an apprentice. So I had these established relationships with them where it wasn't intimidating to be like, hey, Ron Garza, I'm mm. going to be in Austin. Can I come watch you pierce for a day? Yeah. Um, you know, and there's other names that people don't even know. I got to watch my friend Robert Michael Pierce when he used to pierce and, you know, no, I would imagine that very few people know who, who and what that name really is. And, you know, I've gotten lucky enough to watch some people that I really looked up to at, at a period in time. And I got to watch them do things the way they were doing them. And it really influenced how I do things now, you know, like <clears throat> I, I don't think that had I not created a comfortable relationship with Brian Skelly where I could just every now and then send him an email or sit down with him at conference or, you know, this friendship with Pat Tidwell where I could be like, Hey, I'm going to be here. Can, can we work together? Can I watch you? Like I would have never been able to change how I did things and, and learn what I know, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, and this was in a time period where a lot of times people, piercers didn't want to share this information unless they thought you were a cool kid anyway. Yeah. You had to get past that barrier of like, are you worth me sharing information with you? Yeah. I remember those moments and I, I definitely remember having, doors closed in my face because people didn't see me as worthy of them telling me their secret. I remember that the first year I went to conference, I, I shook a lot of hands and met a lot of people that I had like looked up to online. And I was like, hey, you know, I wanted to ask you a question about a surface piercing. They're like, cool. I wrote an article about that in The Point. Just read that. And it's like, <laughs> uh, okay, thanks. thanks. And then, you know, flash forward a couple of years and now people are like, hanging out and it's just like oh yeah let me tell you all my secrets and stuff and it's like i wish you had told me a couple of years ago <laughs> yeah i mean you know to pre-date when i started you know just so so you kids know how good you have it uh there was a history a point in time in our our history that if you walked into a studio and, and the people behind the counter knew you were a piercer they would throw some bed sheets over the fucking display case <laughs> and not even let you see what jeweler they had, let yeah. alone like where they got it from or let's talk about techniques or right. shit, you know? So like, you know, really appreciate what you have, man. Cause there's, and I'm not really good at being on the internet to share knowledge, but if any of you ever contact me directly, like I'm man, I'll give it away. Like, you know, I want everybody to be the best at what they do and like, it's all there now, you know? And it's, here's a scenario that is, is very, you know, 2018s, and like, if if you would if you had said this to uh, an experienced piercer in the early 2000s, they would have they would have looked at you like you were making it up or like talking about sci-fi fantasy or something like that. But if you had said uh, in 2018, you can uh, just send somebody a message on your phone, and you can say, "Hey, I like your work. Can I come and watch you while you work?" And you can talk about how you're working and how you're being successful. And to, to probably have a really high likelihood of the person being like, yeah, totally, when, when, when it works for you. Like, that was unheard of. Like, you know, pe sure, people were sharing information and all that, but uh, it wasn't like this it open definitely window. definitely wasn't as open, yeah. you know, and I, I, it's really cool, you know, that people have put down the those walls and barriers to share knowledge now. You yeah. know, like, I, I really have felt lucky, you know, my entire career I felt lucky, you know, I, I've right place right time right people right connections introducing me to other right people and you know one thing i'll give a lot of credit for in my career too is the app and yeah you know i've to those of you that have been going to app for a long time you've seen me volunteering for years and years and years and i grew within that organization a great deal and um 
because of that, I've met most of who have been my my former employers and really good friends. And, you know, I've been able to meet people and social, be social and uh, exchange information maybe at a, at a faster rate than other piercers of my generation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I really, I feel lucky for that, you know, and, and which is another reason why I like to, to still involve myself with the organization and, and spread knowledge and share with really whoever, man. Like, if you're doing this, it, it's, you have to do this because you love it, yeah. you know, and and if you love it, like who, why don't I, why would I not want to help you out to be better at what you do so you can actually do this for a living and take care of yourself doing it? You know, I, I love that for the longest time, like my family really was opposed to what I do. And like, I didn't even have a relationship with them for several years until they finally were like, holy shit, you're taking care of yourself. Right. And you're taking care of yourself and have not asked us for anything. And we've been judging you all these years for no fucking reason and, and now you know, what, like, you know what the line was for me with my family my mom was always pretty supportive but she I, I think she had the idea that it was going to be more of a hobby for me than a career my dad was kind of like you know you went to school to be an electrician you really should have stuck with that and he I wouldn't say he was disappointed but he was very apprehensive uh, and the, the thing that turned it around is the first year that I made more money than him <laughs> and, it was, and then he was just like well oh, okay alright good job yeah. yeah, I think for me it was uh, leaving Texas and, like, leaving my family behind and becoming yeah. my own person and, and never turning back. You know, I think that after I had been gone for about, I think it was about two years, like, it really turned around, you know? Like, they were really, like, they're fucking proud of me now and shit, you know? Good. like Which is really weird, you yeah. know? Like, even when they say it to me, I'm like, really? Like, we, like, fought for 15 years over how I looked and what I was choosing yeah. to do. And, yeah. and now you're proud of me? Cool, thank well, you. <laughs> so do you feel like that's related to like your family's like American experience, you know, because like you come from like a, an immigrant background and then do you feel like it's, they wanted you to do something more mainstream as like their idea of the American dream. And then you went a different way with it. 100%. Yeah. Um, but at the end of it, I think at least at this point, my mom, um, has figured out that this is my version of the American dream Yeah. and I am living my American dream, which is why they came to this country, yeah. you know? Um, so I, I think that they see that. My my sisters definitely see that more than my parents probably. Um, but yeah, like I, I definitely, um, my mom still every now and again will be like, oh, you know, I wish you wore a button down shirt to work every day. Yeah. Uh, which ironically, that's kind of a trend with piercers now. So that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's 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 been an amazing career, man. Like I'm really excited that this was even that the opportunity even arose you know yeah. like my my history before piercing for those of you that don't know is i was a baker and pastry chef you know i had nothing to do with any kind of body art i just fell in the right place with the right people at the right time and you know here i am 17 years late 17 years later still doing this and yeah. still loving it yeah you and know? it's like a full-time thing you know you're not doing it on the side no you know like this is your, no, your if, career if you're a piercer and, and body piercing is what you want to do then it has to be your lifestyle it has to be who you are all the way down to, to the pit of your stomach and your core. And, you know, like, for as silly as it sounds, you have to be able to live, eat, and breathe body piercing, man. And, like, so I'm sitting at Ryan Ouellette's house right now on his couch, and we have spent the last, I've been in Nashua now probably about 16 hours, and we have probably been talking piercing for 14 hours. <laughs> you know, and I don't do this a lot. And it reminds me as to why I really love what I do. Yeah, it's cool for me too. You know, especially, uh, you know, the whole the whole thing that the, the podcast came out of is 
I, I knew that so many people in the industry were fascinating people and I just never got to sit down with them and like have, have the conversation of like, you know, give me your story, you know, kind of thing. And being able to talk to you like from last night and into this morning, like it's, it's so great to remind myself too, that it's like, this is why I love body piercing and love being a body piercer and all that stuff. You know, it's not a job. And as much as like, it's a pain in the ass for me sometimes running a shop, I still love my job, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, like, you make sacrifices for it, and they pay off at the end. Yeah. You know, just you just have to be patient, you know, for, for you new people and, and for people struggling and for people that are like, man, I've been doing this a couple of years and I don't know. Like, I didn't make a living at this until I'd been doing it for seven years, I think, you know. Like, yeah. I didn't didn't make money, you know. I, I had to go back to living with my mom for a little while, and, and um, you know, like it was a perseverance, you know, like you can't just start off without the experience being that top paid guy or the guy yeah. that does everything, you know, or the gal, I'm sorry to even put gender on it. Cause there's tons of fucking amazing female piercers that I wouldn't be the piercer I am because of them. Right. You know, so to give all the ladies out there credit, thank you. Thank you for challenging us. Thank you for educating us. Like you are just as viable and important, if not more important as any of the men in this industry. So um, and, and even taking gender aside, like all that, you know, like there's just some amazing people in this industry that, yeah. that just get overlooked sometimes. And yeah, well, I think it's sometimes, uh, sometimes big personalities win out over talent mm. and ability and things like that. You know, and I, and I think some, some people in the industry are maybe a little bit more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, polite and, uh. What's what's like a word for like not stuck up? Timid. Timid. Well, maybe not timid because I don't think it's like a a confidence thing, but um they they're just they're they're not pretentious. Yeah. Um and I think sometimes you can get steamrolled by piercers who are a bit more of like a self-promoter and they're just like, "Oh, I'm I'm the shit." And they're just very vocal and out there whether it's male, female or whatever. Um and sometimes the the people who are really talented and have like this wealth of knowledge just they don't get a lot of a lot of credit. A really good analogy for for someone who's been on the APP board, this might make a little bit more sense to you, is uh, think of how difficult it is to get on the board of the APP. And a lot of it is you have to be just a very visible piercer. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily you have to be skilled as a piercer. Not that that's crucial to actually being on the board because it's a different animal. You need to understand the industry, but you don't have to be an excellent physical body piercer, but you have to understand that. But you have to be like known and you have to get people to vote for you. So some people that I know would be probably really, really good on the board might not have as much of a shot at it because they're not, they're not out there on social media constantly like drowning people in their personas and faces. Well, you know, I'll add on to that because I came in when I was a board member, it was totally on name recognition. You yeah. Know, like there was no like the last elections in, in the APP members forums, there was people getting grilled and drilled and questions and like, well, why do you want to do this? And yep. what experience do you have? And that didn't happen with me. People voted for me because they knew me because they, they had seen me at conference. Name. They recognized my name. Yep. It was totally a name recognition thing. I think that uh, people coming into the board now have it even, which is great. I really like the fact that people are, are wanting to be more involved in the organization in a way where they know who's representing them on a deeper level. Um, but yeah, you know, like if you are shy, if you are timid, you're definitely not going to take well to to being grilled on the internet. And yeah. you're not going to want to be like, oh, this, that, or the other, because you're going to be like, fuck, I just want to help. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, I, I thought it was I thought it was cool that, 
people were like asking questions and be like, you know, what's your platform? And be like, what? <laughs> what's my what? Uh, but, you know, I, I definitely seen it in the past. Like a, a good example for me on the back of my brain is I think like I think Darren would be awesome on the board. But I, 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 I've Walker seen him. Amazing. Yeah, I've seen him nominated several times, but I, I haven't seen him get enough votes to secure a spot. And I think it's just because he's he's running a business and he's like doing all this stuff and this personal attention and, and attention to detail and all that stuff and he's not spending all this time constantly getting his face and his name and, and all that stuff out there he's promoting his shop for like his overall staff you know yeah. he's not just like I'm Darren I'm Darren it's I'm the Darren, Darren the show. shop owner yeah. yeah and he's just like he's really selfless about it and uh, it's it's a shame because I think he would be great in more of like a, a leadership role within the organization yeah yeah and I mean he's someone that has been nominated more times than I probably know, yeah. you know, and he just has never made it because he's not, he's not running a Darren show. Right. You know, he is running a body art business and he wants his employees to get recognition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool, but you know, hopefully uh, there'll, there'll be a point where everybody will get the, the recognition that they're due and, you know, whether they're teaching classes or having stuck up podcast or whatever bullshit you know uh like you know there, there's a lot of really amazing talent out there and and hopefully those those newer piercers that are wanting to get out and shadow and learn and learn what to say yes to and what to say no to you know they're not just going to the person with the most instagram followers they're going to people with like really good really like really um versatile experience yeah yeah I mean, I wish the best of luck to everybody new. You know, this is definitely not an easy business to break into. It, yeah. It's, it, it's, you feel like it's it's harder or easier now? I don't think it's ever been easy. Yeah. I think that... Maybe relatively, you know, compared to the 90s generation or the 2000s generation. I think there's definitely more opportunities now. Yeah. I think that there's a lot more available for people interested in, like showing that they they want to do it um you know like it, it's hard for me to say because of where I, where all i've worked you know most yeah. of the shops i've worked at are shops that don't take apprentices because they're too busy to take apprentices right if they, they um, want to take somebody on it has to be somebody who can hit the ground running yeah yeah you know yeah. Or, or even somebody that already has that doesn't need a lot of extra help. They you need know? a polish. Like, and not yeah, a, yeah, you know, and so it's hard for me to say because, you know, everywhere I've worked has been a, an establishment where there's been, like, no apprentices, yeah. you know, no matter what. Like, we'll take you if you've been doing this. If you haven't hit this minimum timeline that we're requiring, but your portfolio shows the the potential, then we can think about it mm. and talk about it. So it's, it's really hard, you know, because from my perspective and, and where I've worked, I think it's still impossible to get into this industry. Yeah. You know, but... Unless, it, see, people can get into the industry and they can get a shot, but they usually have some story that goes with it. You know, it's like I, I had a connection or I was a client or, you know, I, I talked to them in a forum and they said I could come shadow or, or this and that. It, like, um like again, and I, 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 I don't... I know she probably listens to this podcast and I don't want to inflate her <laughs> ego any more than it might be, but do you know who Amanda Badger is? Yeah. Yeah. She's the piercing apprentice at Gamma. How is nuts? she really? Yeah. How nuts is that? Congratulations. Yeah. You've been searching for that for a long time. Yeah. Like a long time. I know who you are because you volunteered your time at APP in hopes to to, to find that. And I'm really glad you found it for yourself because you have been searching for that for, if I'm going to take a guess, at least four years. 
Something like that. I mean, here's the thing that's crazy, and this is just my own, like, uh, I live in my own Ryan land. Uh, she came out here and was like, can I hang out at your shop for the day? And I was like, yeah, totally. I thought she was already a goddamn piercer because of how much she knew and, like, how well she was connected and all that stuff. And it's like, man, she's, like, the world's most educated piercing client or piercing aficionado or whatever, and now she's got this really great role as a as an apprentice in a killer studio under two killer awesome piercers. Amazing. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah. Future APP president Amanda Badger. <laughs> uh, no pressure. Or yeah, anything. right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's cool. I can totally see more opportunity now. Definitely more information now, but also more more pressure and less room for error at, yeah. the, at this stage of the, the industry. Well, there's just too much information out there now. Like, no, yeah. there's, there's no excuses at all anymore. You know, if yeah. you are... If you're not bettering yourself, it's just because you don't want to. Yeah, well, I can I can understand some people that are in a studio where it's not their money that they're trying to spend, it's somebody else's money, and I can understand the perspective of a tattooer who just hasn't been convinced yet that piercing is important, you know? I can, I can get those situations, but, you know, if you're just kind of going with it, and you're just like, you know that there's way better out there, and you're just, you're still using something that you would consider bad... You know, well, there's really not as you don't much have, of an excuse for that at this point. If you don't have control over what's being bought, that's sure. You, that's not. Yeah. That's not you. But yeah. But don't give up on if trying. If you're piercing with subpar techniques or subpar equipment, that is on you. Yeah. Or if you're like, you know, being lazy about hand washing or glove changes, the stuff that you can directly change. Yeah. You know, cross contamination issues and all that stuff. There's no excuse for that stuff at this no, point. No, not sure. at all. You know, and there's no excuse to not to not have a source of continual education at this point. Yeah. You know, I'm not here to promote the APP or anything, but you can go to conference. And if you don't want to go to conference, there's like multiple outlets on the internet now right. to to just get stuff that way. And then I don't know a single person at all in this industry that isn't open to having somebody come shadow, even if it's just for a couple of hours. Yeah. You know, like, so it's it's out there now, man. It's It's easy and it's there and everybody wants to share it. So just take it, you know, go and learn. I love, I love having people in my studio to shadow. I love it. Because, like, sometimes you'll have those experiences where it's like, okay, now we're buds. You know, I spent the day with you, and, like, now I know these cool things about you, and let's, like, let's keep in touch, and let's talk. And then there are other people where it's just like, man, I'm learning some, like, things to not do and, and how to, like, not present myself. So it's like, I'm I'm always learning, too. And it's great to see... I, my favorite thing as, a, as an educator, whether it's in shadowing or a class or through APP or whatever, I don't know how you feel about it, but... I love seeing that light bulb go off. Oh, yeah. For people. Yeah. I that, love I it. love that. Oh. You know, and especially for me personally, since I mainly focus on teaching technique classes, I get to see that a lot. Yeah. And I also, my last classes have been multi-technique, so I've even gotten to do things like, I can't remember the guy's name, but I, I made this guy's day because I showed a video of a tragus technique using a, uh, a Pennington, mm. you know? And he was like, I've been doing them for that, like that for years. And I, I don't even like telling people cause like everybody thinks that it's like the bad way. Up. And I right. was like, nah, dude, like it's a way. Yeah. It, it's maybe not the best way for everybody, but yeah. it's a but it's, way. It's viable. Yeah. You know, don't, you know? don't dismiss it just because you do it different. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's, I love seeing that light bulb come up and when people are finally like, Oh my God, like I can do it that way. And, and you know, like I don't, I still don't think I know 
anything about body piercing. Like I teach classes and sometimes I'm learning just as much yeah. as I'm teaching. Like at the same, yeah. like my light bulb is going off totally. as like, I'm listening to a co-instructor say like, well, this is how I do it versus this is how this person yeah. does it. And it's like, holy fuck, I'm going to try that when I get home. Cause like, that's probably just going to like, that's going to just finish like that stress level that I've had on this piercing for years. I won't say that it's every advancement that I've made because there have been a, a, a couple of things here and there where I've been lucky enough to, to figure out something on my own. But yeah. I'd say the majority of my advancement has been that exact same thing. You know, So some of it can be in, in class, some of it can be in reading an article or seeing a video or something on a, a forum. Sure, totally. But I have learned so much by just keeping my ears open yeah. and being around the right people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. And I, I love those moments and the probably the most satisfying thing in my career now like it, it's it's very very satisfying and fulfilling to help facilitate what my clients want and to give them uh being able to give them the work that I want to be able to give them and having them enjoy it but uh my favorite thing as a body piercer now is helping those people that I used to be get where they want to go like I love being able to like you know, pay it forward kind of thing. You know, like I wouldn't be where I am without people like you and all the other people that I met through conference and BME and wherever else in trips and whatever. I wouldn't be where I am without all the information that I got from everybody else. So I need to be part of that cycle of going yeah. forward. I can't, I can't keep it to myself. 100%. Yeah. You know, people, I know what I know because people shared it with me. So yeah. I'm happy to share it with anybody else. That's cool. I mean, it's great. And like, uh, you know, tying it back to the beginning of the conversation, if people come in and shadow, uh, you know, I, I always like to kind of over over teach certain things. Maybe not teaching is not, isn't the right word, but if I'm setting something up, I like to explain like, this is why I'm doing it this way and not specifically this other way that a lot of other people do. And like, it totally works for like even other piercers in my own studio, but uh, I don't like to offer this piercing this way. I don't like to offer this piercing at all. I don't like to use this kind of tool unless it's this situation and, and stuff like that. And having it click for people like with that person that that said that they were using a clamp for for a tragus like it's the same thing i know that there are a lot of people out there like somebody came out and they shadowed once and they were like uh yeah i don't i don't know how to do a forward helix without reversing the direction with a taper and i was like well that's exactly how because i was setting up for a, a, a triple forward helix and i was like that's exactly how i'm going to do it in front of you so it's like i'm glad you said that because <laughs> i was self-conscious about doing it that way in front of you and they were like oh my god thank god and i was like totally totally don't feel weird about it yeah so yeah i mean it's just you know we all make the same mistakes and we all learn the same lessons sort of i mean we learn them in our own individual ways and we apply them in our own individual ways but we're all we're all kind of doing the same thing, you know, we're, we're, we're doing it maybe a little bit different. We all have the same pieces to a puzzle. We might be putting it together a little bit different, but it's the same puzzle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's super fun. It's great being a body piercer. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Best thing in the world. Cool. Uh, so to wrap it up, where do people find you? Do you have like social media and all that stuff or do they just find you in the real world? Um, you know, I finally do have social media. <laughs> yeah. uh, as far as following me for piercing, it's uh, Instagrams is piercings by Ed. Uh, currently I'm in Worcester, Massachusetts at the Piercing Emporium. Uh, next month I will be at Vaughn Body Arts in Monterey, California. Cool. Uh, and I do not have anything planned beyond that, but, um, you know, I'm definitely going to be easy to find. Um, I will be guesting for the rest of this year, different places. So, uh, I'm sure that by the time I make it to Cody shop, I will have March, uh, 
March planned out, and uh, if nothing else, you can always find it on my Instagram page. That's going to be a, a big weather difference, going from a foot and a half of snow outside to Monterey, California. Going from negative something degrees to like 70, yeah, it's yeah. going to be amazing. Yeah. And then uh, to those that don't know Monterey in the area and Cody's shop, right now I am sitting, and if I look behind me, there's probably about four feet of snow in Ryan's backyard. <laughs> when I am sitting at Cody Studios next month, I'm going to be about 75 feet from, from the, the ocean. Beach. Yeah, you fucker. Uh, well, you know, welcome to New Hampshire. Uh, yeah, so... Have fun doing that. Um, yeah. Next time you come out, if you're around this area again, I definitely want to get you on the show again, and we'll talk about some more stuff. Yeah, man. I want to do at least two or three more shows with you. Cool. Anytime. Fuck yeah. Awesome. So that was cool, having Ed out. I don't really have a lot of uh, other piercers, like, actually at my house lately. You know, sometimes people stop in the, the studio for a quick visit, but it's nice to have, like, a, like a sleepover buddy and just kind of talk about stuff. Um, one thing that we didn't really mention too, too much in the interview was uh, Ed's kind of career trajectory, like, within the APP. So uh, Ed was one of the people lucky enough to be chosen for uh, an Al D. Sowers scholarship, to come to conference and you can you can really see how he he ran with that opportunity you know he went from volunteer who you know needed the uh, the extra hand the extra help with the scholarship to get to conference to someone who eventually made it onto the the board of directors for the APP is teaching classes at APP is is guest spotting in some of the the best studios in the world so for all those people that that might listen to the show who think that um some of the things they hear about are like unobtainable goals or, or dreams or something like that. Realize that lots of people do it. Uh, it just takes hard work. Um, it can definitely take the right opportunity and, and the right help. But, you know, those opportunities and that help is, is out there if you, if you look for it and if you, if you try hard enough. So um, follow your dreams. Uh, I'll done be, uh, I'm done being corny. So thanks for listening to the show and I'll be back next week. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts LLC, all rights reserved. Say something a little bit. Testies. Testies. One, two, three. <laughs>